Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations. First down, plate it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braid it. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on Spotify, YouTube at Keys to the City as well. You can follow us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Keys to the City. It's been still a rough week. Still trying to cope, mourn the loss of Kobe Bryant. And you think about this. Coming into this week, this is always the week where the NFL dominates the headlines. And for majority of the past couple months since the NFL season, the beginning of August to now, it's dominated the headlines. But we know what's happened this week, and you could see the impact it's had in not just the sports world, but the entire world. Families have been impacted forever. And even fans, myself included in that, have been impacted. Ted, we were watching it last night. And you came home from work, and we sat down, and we're watching ESPN like we usually do before we go to bed Thursday nights. And what they started with for the show was the Kobe Bryant thing. And this occurred on Sunday. We know that. But in the week of this, and what everybody talks about and discusses, whether that's in the sports world or just in the media world, the Super Bowl is one of the most talked about things. Just look at what the impact of the Kobe Bryant tragic event, or not even event, incident, and the other seven people lives that were lost in that tragic event, as I've said. And that's where we are. We're on Friday, and the Super Bowl has taken kind of this step back because of what's happened the past couple days and it hurts it hurts us as fans but that's what we are at the Super Bowl is 48 hours away or over about 50 something hours away from now and it's Friday and this is what the NFL does better than no other professional league they dominate the headlines whether it's for the good or the bad and you see it in the media world. This is not just in the sports world. When the Super Bowl comes, it's a major event. I mean, for goodness sake, we're trying nowadays to make the Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday. Just take in consideration how powerful and big it's become worldwide. It just shows the impact that the Kobe Bryant incident has impacted this world. And this game, though, there's so much good to talk about. I know the Patriots aren't in it, which is one of the shockers of the year that the Patriots are not in it. But in a Super Bowl where you have two great coaches, one a young offensive mastermind and Kyle Shanahan. Probably the two best offensive coaches in the game of football, only with Sean McVay being in that discussion. And then you also have a guy that's trying to win his first Super Bowl. And we're going to talk about it in a couple minutes, of Andy Reid's legacy and what is on the line for him. And then you have the best player in the game and the biggest name maybe in the NFL 
in Patrick Mahomes. Then you have two great you have two great offenses, different styles of play. One, airing it out. One, ground and pound. Then you got could do two great defenses as well. I mean, all of this, and it just so happens that it's in the beautiful state of Florida and in Miami. I mean, everything that has happened this week, it just shows where the sports world has really taken grasp of everything, whether it's for the bad and the horrific incident on, on Sunday into this, now the Super Bowl. And that's what I want to talk about is Andy Reid. And we've talked about this, and it's always been one of the main questions going forward every year, it seems like, because Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the game. He's one of the most well-respected coaches in the league. And people are vying for him to finally, and hoping for him to finally get his first coveted ring. What is his legacy? It's one of the major storylines and questions going into the Super Bowl. What is his legacy going to be if he does not win a Super Bowl? And this is an all-Super Bowl show. This is a football Friday. This is a Super Bowl 54, our keys to the city, Super Bowl 54 preview. We're talking about Mahomes. We're talking Andy Reid. Are the Chiefs, are we doomed? Are the Kansas City Chiefs doomed from the history, too? And what do you mean by that? I'll tell you in a few minutes as well. And non-quarterback, who is the most impactful and most important to both the 49ers and Chiefs? Well, then obviously, who's walking away with the Lombardi Trophy? It's the million-dollar question. But one of the biggest questions, you can start, and there's, there's about 10 to 15 good storylines you could talk about. But to me, I think the biggest one coming in is Andy Reid because he's at the almost the end of his tenure of coaching. He's going to probably want to wrap it up soon and say, well, call it What do you say by soon, though? Next three to five years? Why? You got Patrick Mahomes at the I helm. I know, but when you with got a guy a, like that, you can last forever, bro. That is true, but with a not everybody well, lasts forever. But with I a guy like Eric B- years left. a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who is going to become a head coach sooner rather than later, you would have already seen thought it would have happened. But Andy Reid's gonna come to an end soon. I and I don't think for to, at least a five years. And minimum to, five years. And to see what he's done in his career, but never win a Super Bowl. His legacy. And I'll go one step so, further. So let me put up that chart just yes. so for the people that can see it. So I, I put up a chart, and it's a really awesome chart of all these coaches. I wrote them down. These are the five winningest coaches in front of Andy Reid. Don Shula, number one. George Hallis, number two. Bill Ejek, number three. Tom Landry, number four. And then Curly Lambeau. And I wrote it down. They have 22 titles combined. Andy Reid, sixth. He's zero. So my question to you. And he's only been to one Super Bowl. Yes. I have one very specific question. If he loses, does Andy Reid become the Dan Marino of head coaches? Because I also wrote this down. Marino is ranked fifth in passing yards and touchdowns. And I say that because the four other quarterbacks in front of him, Breeze, Peyton, Brady, and Favre, have a total of 10 titles. And Marino doesn't. And we always want to say Marino. Why he was never considered, stats-wise, touchdowns-wise, one of the all-time greats. I'm not taking that away. He's a Hall of Fame for a reason. He's one of the top six or seven quarterbacks in the league. But for him to never be considered one of the greatest, and I mean top three quarterbacks of all time, with the Montanas and Bradys and Peyton, is because he never won that coveted ring. We always talked about Charles Barkley. We always talked about Carl Malone. Just a few names in other sports that have never won. 
Well, that was the storyline with, with Phil Mickelson never winning the big match. I mean, even Dick Vermeil is another coach that could never get over the hump, finally won with, with the Rams against the Titans back in 99. Andy Reid now has that opportunity. He can finally get the coveted ring. But does he? Is the main question. Does he get it? And if he does not, is he in the class of the Jim Kellys and Dan Marinos of all times as a coach? So I'm not going to answer the question fully because I'm going to save it for the end of the show. What because, the hell is going on Because if I here? tell you how I how I feel about it, if he's going to get it or not, I want you I'd, to tell be, me how you feel. I'd be giving away my prediction. I want you to tell me how you feel. So I believe Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach at this present time right now before Sunday's game. Okay. What he can do, though, by winning the Super Bowl this weekend will be able to cement his legacy as a Hall of Fame coach. Mm -hmm. He could put his name now in that same, you know, plaques, yeah. whatever, history of awesome, great, fabulous coaches that have won games and have won championships and now have won a Super Bowl title. You don't want the but or the what if in your career. Never want what ifs. In life, you never want what ifs. So, I'm not going to give the prediction, but I would say this, though, for Andy Reid's career. I don't believe he's going to retire anytime soon, especially knowing that you have Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. Why would you leave? Right? What do why you would you Okay, let me, let me ask why you this. You, now, see, here's, the, here's what, and I'll relate this and the reason why I say this. If I'm Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's leaving, I'm thinking my career is shorter in New England than it is for Andy Reid because he has Patrick Mahomes and he's still very young. He's only in his third full year. And he is going to be able to have a long, successful career. At least that's what everyone's expectations are. Yep. Right? And the way the football is played now, especially with protecting the quarterback, quarterbacks play a lot longer than they ever did, and they, and they stay healthier because of the rules. Now, I will say this. If Andy Reid, even if he does not win this Super Bowl, I believe this Kansas City Chiefs team will be back before his end of his career because of, I do, I because do too. of Patrick Mahomes. I do too. Listen, but doesn't they should have been in the Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for a mistake. But doesn't that take, that a, but doesn't that take an impact on the team because of the fact that they have they should have been here last year. Will, they blew the I opportunity this, I last say, year. I will say this no They're because here now. I will say this no because I think what we've noticed in sports throughout the history of sports, sometimes teams that win don't are not able to handle the success and they fail to come back the next year with the same hunger that they had to start the previous season. But this Kansas City Chiefs team, if they do lose, and I'm not saying they're going to lose right now, we will get more in-depth with how we feel. I about mean, we'll it. make our predictions at the end of the show, obviously. But what I am trying to say is that this team, if they do lose, and say it ends up being something late-game heroic, Maybe this is something that motivates them even harder next year because everything that you've heard about this team leading up into that AFC Championship game was that they knew that they were going to be back into that same position that they were previously the year against New England. They knew they were going to be there, and they knew now what they had to accomplish and to do to get back to where they thought they should have been last year, and that's the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Now, it's really hard in the NFL. We don't see it often. That's why, like, you started the show, and you're like, it's surprising to not see New Englanders because – for the, it seems like for the past 10 years, it seems like it's been New England versus an NFC team. And that's how you started the NFC, the, our NFL preview show long ago in August, 21 weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And now to see two different teams that had, listen, we have the 49ers who were the, the second worst team in football last year versus the team that was literally 
Probably throughout the season was the best. Off sides from being in the, the best, Super Bowl. Probably the, was the best team last year in the NFL. That was yes, like you said, a mistake away from getting an opportunity to play in the Super Andy Bowl. Andy Reid, as a coach for himself, is a Hall of Famer. I'm he not had, taking that away had, from him. He made four consecutive NFC Championship games, which is remarkable. The Philly now people say, yeah, but he never, he only got to one Super Bowl. And that's all what, right, but there's a lot of coaches that have never even gotten to that point. But that's what I'm trying to say is that. He's already he's a Hall of Famer in my book, just like Jim Kelly, just like Dan Marino. But the thing that but always you just, you just did it. But but the thing don't that have always about with them is the thing is, there is always going to have not an asterisk, but that always, what if that but of the sense of, he never won a Super Bowl. Marino and Kelly never won a Super Bowl. Yes, they are in the Hall of Fame, but they are not in. In the in the history books of Super Bowl champions, you'll never see Dan Marino and Jim Kelly in those books. You'll see them as the losers, but you'll never see them as winners. And Andy Reid needs to prove that this weekend. There is a lot of pressure on him because he is the he's the veteran coach. He's been here before as well. Both coaches have been here before. Both have lost from di different ways. One from the ultimate collapse, and then one which had the more talented team at the time, the Eagles, and they, and, and they didn't. And, and they handled that really the poorly. Quarter. Game management, poorly. And that's something that Andy so Reid— So Andy Reid needs—that's what I'm saying. I'm, uh, with all this Andy Reid stuff, he needs to win. The pressure is on his legacy. His legacy is already wrapped up. He can only add to his legacy what a win. If he loses, it doesn't matter what his legacy and, is. He'll always have those blemishes. And that's why I'll say to this point, this game is more important for Andy Reid— and his future than it is Kyle Shanahan at this point of his career. And you yeah. know why I say that? Because I go back to you texting me when the Chiefs were down in the NFL, uh, divisional game against the Texans, 21 mm nothing, -hmm. and you pulled— 24, and 20, I was like, I was well, I, I, 21, when it, and we didn't even get to the 24, and you had already texted me, right? Because I remember you were at Pete's house, you are watching the game. I was stunned. And I was how many people—come on. Realistically, no, how stunned were you? Very stunned. <laughs> and I remember you posting something, and the first thing that people mentioned was, it's all Andy Reid's fault. And at first, you—, you It's easy to blame it's, the coach. Well, of course. It's like when you're winning, the coach and the quarterback gets the, the thing, and when they're losing, you blame the coach too. Yep. So, you know, you feel like, hey, if they don't win again, the first thing is not going to be Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's going to be Andy Reid's failure to get over the hump, to win the big one. And that's a lot of time. You know, we, we go back to Alex Rodriguez, a guy that failed in the playoffs. Could he ever win one? And really, that's what it comes down to. I mean, these, he did. When the, eventually. And he that's eventually won. When it comes down to these Pay superstars. Eventually won. Players and coaches in their career. It's all about the title because what it does is it puts the period to the end of your sentence in your career. Yes. It solidifies you everything that you have done because you don't even have to be a superstar player. You don't have to be a Hall of Fame player. But if I am announcing you as a player anywhere in the rest of your life, you could be Joe Schmo on the team. This is the Super Bowl. You will be. We're introducing Super Bowl winning quarterback. Trevor Keys. You know, you're, you're always going to be announced as and the Super Bowl winner. And that's why this game for Andy Reid is ginormous. It's huge. It's, there's no other questions to say. There's no other answers to say. Andy Reid needs to win this game. Most likely will be a Hall of Famer, just like Dan Marino and Jim Kelly. But those guys never won, and it always will have a blemish on their career, 
just because, and they'll never be compared to the greatest of all time because of never winning a ring. So, That's all I have to find. So say. I will ask you this question because it's stem, I'm going to stem this off the court, uh, the coaching thing, and then you can get to the next. This is taken from one of our our people that are watching. Michael Robinson wrote on the thing. Who do you think or what coach do you think is more prepared for this game to win? Offer your, what a, you th- I mean, what Michael, you think. I appreciate the question. That's a great question. Uh, to me, I mean, these both of these guys, there's a reason why they're so well-respected around their peer, with their peers. And Shanahan had the blemish, the 28-3 game. Like I said, Andy Reid had his one Super Bowl appearance as well. <sighs> and, and, if I had to pick, I mean, can I pick both? Because I think both of these guys have two weeks being the offensive masterminds that they are, to have two weeks of preparation, that's plenty of time for geniuses to work their magic. So for me, you could go either way. That's it. I can't pick one or the other because both guys have done a miraculous job and a marvelous job at doing what they do best. And that's, in Kyle Shanahan's part, running the football, and in Andy Reid's part, throwing the football. And that's why both of these teams are here. Different styles of play, again, and it's great that it's different styles of play, but both coaches, they don't really have a weakness on offense. And that is a great question because you think about Shanahan's career and future and a wife. He is Mike Shanahan's son, a guy that has Super Bowls under his belt, a Hall of Fame coach. So he's been around these situations as a, a young kid, as a as an intern, as a coach moving up. And then you think about Andy Reid. Yeah. He was on he was a coach for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. He for the uh, no, and he was on the I believe he Packers. was uh, Packers with Holmgren. Yeah. So and this all stems back to I believe he the 49ers. He was a quarterback coach, so he's been there before. If I had to pick a coach, I would say Andy Reid. I would say Andy just Reed because too. of the experience of being. Slight, I would give the slight edge to Andy Reid. And here's the other thing: Kyle Shanahan was not the head coach when the last time he was in the Super Bowl. Dan Quinn was for the Atlanta Falcons. So we just we're talking about Andy Reid and his legacy, and and Ted brought up the name, and well, it's. A name that we all know of. <laughs> it's one of the most popular names in all the sports. One of the biggest names in all the sports. But what would a win mean for that one name? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, his name is Patrick Mahomes. And we know what Patrick Mahomes did last year. The, one of the greatest seasons, statistically, as a quarterback in the NFL. An MVP this year. He's on, his, he's on the verge of possibly his first Super Bowl title. So what would a win mean for the new face of the NFL? What would a win mean for maybe could be the biggest name in all of sports? If he wins this game, where does he rank among, well, he's the best quarterback in the game. Where does he rank among all-time greats? And even in sports right now, would you put him at number one in the sense of biggest name in sports? So I'll answer that last part of that question. And... I would not. I would not put him at number one in sports. Does that still? I he does w- that he, still become? I think LeBron. Beca- I think because of basketball and the global effect. And I'm just using this answer because of Kobe. Okay, and I can and I can back this up because. It, just look at look at Kobe. Look thing. at what Kobe's effect has been, not just to the Laker organization, not to the Laker fans. Not to just the United States and people who enjoy basketball, not to the basketball players, but all the sports. We watched something last night in golf. Guys who tennis. Tennis. You've seen it. Uh hockey. It's if, if baseball was playing. High baseball, school baseball, games. High school games. China, Australia. I mean, you name a country. Yep. You're Italy just na- is you're taking just a week. You said to me the other day that Italy is using Morning a week, over a week, 
over the loss of Kobe. I mean, it just shows. So to answer, I guess. But if he I does, your but if he is, does, he will not be the face of all sports. I still think LeBron because okay. it's LeBron. And when there's a helmet in front of your face, it, it takes away a little bit. And I'm not saying, but I he will be. But I agree the with, face of the NFL for till the day he retires until the next. I season. agree with what you said that I don't think he'll ever become the new face of sports because of the impact. Just look at the example. And I think he'll always the, be bigger than Lamar just, Jackson. Just look at the example of Kobe Bryant. We've been talking about it since Friday. I mean, since Sunday. And the Super Bowl is this week. And to say, It and just shows the impact basketball players have globally compared to the NFL. Mahomes is probably in that top two. I would put him right behind. If he wins a title, he's number two in my book. Only behind LeBron. Yes. Oh, that's it. No, no, no. I'm, ag- I'm agreeing no, with I you. I, you look like you are about to say something. For, for I once, know. I'm not going to overtalk you or blah, blah, blah. But what I am going to say to also to your other point was this is not a far stretch question that you started this part off. Yeah. And it was about Mahomes and his historical start. Ve- start. He'd, he's First of all, he would be the second player ever at the age of under 25 to have a Super Bowl MVP. I'm mean, excuse me. A Super to have Bowl? A Super Bowl, to be a Super Bowl winning player and have an NFL MVP for 25. And most likely a Super Bowl MVP too. And most likely. <laughs> and that would be Emmitt Smith, who was the other player. Mm-hmm. You think about his career. I, you know, I thought what Mina Kimes said on ESPN this morning, and I didn't think it was a, a dig at Eli Manning, but do you remember what she said? She, he's already had a better career than Eli Manning? He's had more of an impact on the NFL oh, he's in his more. career in two seasons than Eli Manning ever had in his best seasons. And, and she's not wrong by saying that. And it's not a disrespect. What we saw last year was incredible. For a guy to start in his first full season, to throw for 50 touchdowns, to throw for close to 5,000 yards, to do the things that he did, to throw the no-look passes that you're never used to seeing, to throw the ball like a baseball player, like he's throwing from shortstop to in the hole. To throw it left-handed. To, to throw, just do everything to that throw he the, did. the one in the divisional round against the Colts last year where he throws it behind his offensive lineman from the side mm-hmm. Where Kelsey's coming yeah. across the middle, unbelievable. So we're seeing things that we have never seen in our lifetime in the history of football, and for him to come back this year, and there was high expectations, and he had a really good season. He to did think, have an injury, but he had the injury, and to think about that—that's part of where the, it comes into play. About he has come back from that injury. You did make a good point, though, Ted. Patrick Mahomes has never played on a road-slash-neutral site game in a postseason game. He's always been home. And this is the Super Bowl. This is where the bright lights. The focus is on you. There's going to be— He is the biggest star walking into the football game this Sunday at 6 There will be millions and millions of people worldwide watching this game at 6.30—whatever the time is, time frame. 6.30. But 6.30 in here, in our country, 6.30 start time. 3.30 3.30 Pacific time. People will be watching. Millions will be watching. And one of the main guys that people want to watch is Patrick Mahomes. And people that don't even really watch football a lot want to watch Patrick Mahomes. They want to see number 15. That's the impact that he's had in the NFL in two seasons. And it is truly fascinating. So let's just put this into context. 46 million people watched the NFC Championship game this year, which was the most viewed of the two conference championship games. The Super Bowl last year was watched by over 100 million people in the United States. That's twice as many people. 
That's a really high percentage of the population in the United States that are going to be watching the Super Bowl, either at a bar, a restaurant, a home, at the at the stadium, mm-hmm. and some type on their phone, some type of format. At work, yeah. And they're all going to be looking at Patrick Mahomes because he can be and will be the face of the NFL for the next 10 years. Yeah, I, I don't see anybody overtaking that. That uh, I don't that care. title. It doesn't matter who has great seasons: Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, it's Patrick Mahomes. Well, yeah, because will be the face of the fran- for NFL. Because I also think his, still- his whole presentation and it plays a big his appearance, his aptitude of being able to talk at a high level. Listen, people might think that's a dig at, the, but it's not. The way Mahomes presents himself. The way he's able to speak mm-hmm. in in his you know the hear the whole you know everything people, about yeah. him, you know it comes off relatable to a lot of people and a lot of people enjoy that you know there are certain people that can be great players, but they might come off different than where you're from or how you're looked at and they don't look at it in the same way. What Mahomes has been able to do is. Maybe something we won't see. Kind of, the same, kind of, kind of similar to what we've seen from the Patriots the past twenty years. I don't know if we'll ever see a a hotter start to a career, to start a career in the NFL than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you can't. I mean, right now, if Patrick Mahomes was to just come out on Monday morning and say, "I've decided to retire," would you put him in the Hall of Fame already? It sounds. A- absolutely ludicrous because he only played in two seasons, but his stats of those two seasons and his achievements of those two seasons are, I mean, his impact on the NFL. And his impact, seasons. I mean, you could already listen, put it into discussion. You're not wrong because people, I'm not, I'm not people saying that, that get, no, no, because people that get paid millions of dollars, networks that are all over you, Miami right now, especially Fox Sports 1 and ESPN. There, the question has come out. Mm-hmm. If he wins a Super Bowl, is he now in the GOAT conversation? And now everything is about the greatest of all time. We yeah, I think we're, let's, let's, let's just I put, don't let's, mind let's, it. I don't mind it. But let's pump the brakes. Let's just pump the brakes on that. But that's where we are in 2020. We're at a stage where if Patrick Mahomes wins his first Super Bowl in his second full season. It's the passing with of the, the torch. With the incredible two years that he has had for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking about a team that hasn't been in the Super Bowl in 50 years. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. This is a franchise that had made playoff runs throughout the 90s and 2000s and made multiple playoff runs, but can never win a playoff game. For him to do what he has done, the impact on the NFL, I think he would be considered a Hall of Famer. Because you would say, you just got to look at it in a... Look at it. In I know a, it's so in, hypothetical. In a, in a, in a I know it's so hypothetical and so unrealistic. But what he has so done in the short term, his impact on the game has been incredible. Yep. He has changed the way we look at the quarterback position. Yeah, that's true. Because he's a pocket path, passer with athleticism. This is a guy that's led his team in rushing in both playoff games. I know we've been talking a lot about the Chiefs, and we haven't even talked about. There is another team in that in the and N- that is N- the disrespect N- of the 49ers. No, and it's been like that for the past two weeks. But to switch over, and I'm kind of sticking to the Chiefs, and it's kind of maybe a positive for the 49ers. Does the history of the Super Bowl spell doom for the Chiefs? And and you say, well, what are you talking about? Well, 
there's been nine matchups that have had the number one offense versus the number one defense. And I wrote them all down. And of the majority, the defense wins. So history proves good for the 49ers. Six of the last seven Super Bowls that have matched up the number one defense versus the number one offense, the defense has overtaken and won those games. And the only one that hasn't was the Seattle game versus New England, and it was the incredible play by Malcolm Butler that New England beat Seattle. But and that's what I and, and uh, no, that's fine. Go no. on and then build no, up. I just want so to. So I'm, I'm going to run down the quick Super Bowls of these matchups, and there's other Super Bowl matchups that I can even mention as well after this. Super Bowl one, Packers Chiefs. Packers were number one in defense. Chiefs offense. Packers won. Super Bowl four, Chiefs win. Chiefs were the number one defense. Vikings were the number one offense. Super Bowl 13, Steelers and Cowboys. Steelers won. Steelers were number one defense. Cowboys were number one offense. Super Bowl 19, 49ers and Dolphins. The 49ers were the number one defense, and the Dolphins were the number one offense. Super Bowl 24, 49ers and Broncos. 49ers were number one offense. That's the only time that we've seen this, is the 49ers and Broncos. 49ers were the number one offense. Broncos were the defense. Giants and Bills. Giants were the number one defense. Giants were, or the Bills were the number one offense. Giants win. Most recent memory for people that were now starting to get into the millennial ages of the people that want to know, Seahawks and Broncos. Seahawks win 43-8. They were the number one defense. The Broncos were the number eight. And the most recent was the Falcons and Pats. And the Falcons were the number one offense, and the Pats were the number one defense. And there's other games I can remember. Buccaneers and Raiders. The Giants and Ravens. There has been Super Bowls. The Broncos against the Panthers is another example. And this could, this could be bad for the Chiefs, and this could be good for the 49ers because, like we said, we always say defense wins championships, right? Absolutely. Offense sells tickets. That's been, this, offense that's sells. been the, the motto forever. Defense wins championship. Playoffs get, uh, offense gets you to the playoffs. Defense is going to win you the championship. Exactly. The offense sells tickets, and we've always said that. I know it may, it, may, it may be, you might think that this is an offensive-driven league, but just a year ago, we had another matchup of a high-octane offense in the Los Angeles Rams against a, a tough, hard-nosed defense coached by Bill Belichick, and the result was another defense coming out on top. So you look at the 49ers, they have the number one defense against the number one offense in the Kansas City Chiefs. So... Everybody that wants, I think we're getting really ahead of ourselves and everybody crowning the Chiefs. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's going to find, he's going to win his first ring and Andy Reid's going to finally win. And it's kind of the disrespect towards a team that's been disrespected all year. And I think they've been using it as wallpaper because ever since, even when they were at eight and one or nine and one, they kept winning. And we always found a way to say, oh, well, do we really buy into them? We're always saying well because why? And we were why, why because of one position. And we were always saying though, oh well, the Saints are better. Maybe even the Packers yeah, but why, are better. Why? The Seahawks are because better because of what position? But Ted, it wasn't even that. Because no, it is his, because it's Jim, Trev. You're getting mad, but I'm not getting mad. I'm just but, saying his it, stats proved that he wasn't yeah, like I wasn't like he wasn't okay. Jimmy it's G because is, of Jimmy G. No one respects Jimmy G. Okay, and people but, look at Patrick Mahomes as he's God. But that's the problem. Listen, that's they the, look at him in dynamic. He 
He's athletic. He can throw from all angles. He's got a cannon for an arm. His accuracy is I, great. Ted, I know. This is like this is like I the, know. And when you like the comparison of, of we have to put Eli Manning in the uh, in the Brady conversation. No, that's not how it is. No, I know, but it's not but how when it is. You're comparing the teams, right? And the reason why you say, well, can this team win with or without? Jimmy G doesn't need to be great for the 49ers to win a Super Bowl. But the Chiefs need Patrick Mahomes. I said to you, I read an article the other day, and I was telling you, you said that's a great thing. Say it on the show. When the Patriots used to play the Colts, back in the day when it was the big matchups every year in the championship games, the Colts were so dynamic offensively. And Tom Brady was methodical. This is the early years. It was more about defense, right? And what the guy wrote in the article was, Tom Brady did not need to be great for them to win those games. But Peyton Manning needed to be great for the Colts to be successful. If Peyton Manning wasn't great and he was just average, the Colts were not going to be good enough to beat the New England Patriots. And because of their de- because of the New England defense. But Tom Brady could be methodical. He could be 12 for 19, 175 yards and one touchdown and get away with it because he had the better, more complete team and defensive-minded team. That's what I'm saying when they look at the 49ers. People look at the way football is played now, where offense is game-changing. And you said it. We run these – everything is about offense nowadays. We want to see points. We want to see scoring. We want to see big plays, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we want to see because that's what excites the crowds. No one wants to see – a one nothing pitch game. No one wants to see a 6-3 defense. We talked about the Super Bowl last year, the day after, and we said, are we disappointed because there wasn't many points? We didn't have the big plays. You know, people were like, ah, we had a 3-3. Because it wasn't appealing to a, the fans. We had a 3-3 ga- game going into the fourth quarter. It wasn't appealing to the average sports And people will knock the 49ers and say, you know what, they're – it's Jimmy G maybe is not good enough because he's only thrown the ball eight times in the NFC okay, Championship Okay, game. but hold on. I'm looking at his numbers right now. And this uh, Jimmy G, we're not. Let's not make it out to believe that Jimmy G is like a Brad Johnson or a Trent Dilfer in this coming into this game. This is a guy that threw for almost four thousand yards, had twenty-seven touchdowns, and he did have thirteen picks. But still, when you have four hundred, four thousand yards passing, and you have twenty-seven touchdowns, that's a good year, right? But yet we still want to come into this game saying, "Oh, can Jimmy G win the game?" We don't know that because this team has looked the most dominant team in the postseason. This team hasn't had any competition for the first two games. They've taken care of business beating the Vikings. They've taken care of business of the great Aaron Rodgers and didn't have to. So everybody that wants to knock him, the, let me read it, the 17 to 27 for 208 yards, one touchdown, one pick, postseason stats everybody wants to knock him because he doesn't throw like Patrick Mahomes and throws for a thousand yards a game and eight tu- and ten touchdowns a game everybody has to do that to make you a good quarterback in this league Jimmy G he is a good quarterback he has proven to be a good quarterback this year he has done well to be a good quarterback it's not like he is a bad quarterback and I think everybody's getting that mistaken for that and that's the problem. Yes, because, oh, Patrick Mahomes. He's not Patrick Mahomes. How many people, we just said it, Ted. You just said it in the previous thing. How many people are Patrick Mahomes all time? Zero. My point, exactly. We all have to put this. We always put certain players at pedal. Oh, Eli Manning, he was never Brady. Or, okay, how many people are Tom Brady? One. Zero. Maybe one. Zero. Maybe, my, okay. Maybe, Maybe Montana. Montana. Okay, which is also... 
probably in the discussion of greatest of all time, maybe to some, the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay. Doesn't mean Eli was a bad quarterback. It's the same thing with Jimmy G. Jim- Just because Jimmy G didn't throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards and didn't win an MVP this year doesn't make him a bad quarterback. Jimmy G is the only quarterback this year that was in top five in both completion percentage, yards per attempt, and passing touchdowns this season. Now, I want to— Does that seem average to you? Now I- Does that seem average? I wrote this down. Does that seem average? No, it's not average. Uh, my now, point. Now, I want to tell you a little stat. And— and I, I want to say this stat because I am going to take this from Colin Coward. And I'm going to give him credit for this stat. Because I am a big Colin Coward fan of watching Fox Sports. He doesn't like to talk about stats. Not whatsoever. And I understand because I'm a big stat Stats guy. are boring. And stats are boring. Who cares about stats? I like stats because they back up my argument. I can at least give proof. <laughs> You're my statistician. I've always I called can, you my I statistician guy. I can give proof guy. to where I'm coming from. If I don't have the stats to back it up, it's just my opinion. You're my and who the, And who the hell am I? But when Jimmy G and the 49ers are trailing in the fourth quarter, his quarterback rating is 117. Now, you say, is that good? No, that's great. Okay? Now, we talk about the great, the bad man, the wonderful, the Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. When his team is trailing in the fourth quarter by more than seven points, his quarterback rating was in the 80s. So it shows, at least from what we know this season, that Jimmy G can play when his team is down. If not for what's taken, go look at the Saints 49ers game when they were down in that hostile environment in a 40-plus point game. Mm -hmm. Both teams scored 40 points. They say, oh, the 49ers can't get in a shootout. They probably don't want to get in a shootout. That's not optimistic to what, how, and how they want to play. But... I remember the game. I showed up in work. He drove his team down in the final minutes when they were trailing in probably one of the toughest stadiums to play in. And it's not like the Saints defense or any slouches. And he led no. them to a game-winning field. That's goal. all I'm trying to say is that to even get back to this first point is that I think we're getting ahead of ourselves with this game and, and pronouncing the Chiefs as champion and saying that they're going destro- to run the 49ers out of the building. History proves otherwise or says otherwise. That the defensive teams majority will have won most recently and in history when you have this type of matchup. The number one offense versus the number one defense. History proves it. You want stats? You want facts, ladies and gentlemen. There's your facts. And I can even throw in the Giants and Patriots as well. Game. Well, that's what that's I, another game. That, was my- that is another example of a great defense overcoming and beating a great Offense. When I saw this game, that was my first analogy. That was like my closest game that I could think of right off the top of my head because the way I looked at the Giants, and if you everyone remembers, they had Kiwanuka, they had OC, they had Tuck and Strahan, that elite four pass rushers mm-hmm. that could cause havoc. And that wasn't a full time thing, but it was situational that the Spags, the defensive coordinator oh, for the Chiefs, Spags. now the Chiefs don't have that, but the 49ers do. They have nine guys that are, are in full rotation with their defensive line. They have four for former first-round picks. Five. You said five. Somebody said five. I think it's four. I think it's four. But with that being said, it doesn't matter. They have a lineup that can line up. A very talented. D, D Ford yeah. on one end and Nick Bowes on the other and then DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead right in the middle. And those two guys, Buckner and Armstead, could be DNs on any other team Beasts. and pass rushers. They've had great seasons. They've had unbelievable seasons. So they can do things that most teams can't do against the Chiefs. And that is line up four teams, four players that can put elite pressure. And to speak on that, and I'll just finish it with this stat, and then I wrote down just to back it up. 
The 49ers ranked seventh in the NFL this year in pressure rate. And you say, well, what does that mean? And the reason why I'm telling you that is because, and I told you this last night, the Chiefs have kind of had it easy. The Texans' defense was garbage, yeah. especially when J.J. No, Watt was out yeah, this year. Now, he came back, but they were 25th in the NFL this year with pressure rate. They didn't sack the quarterback as great as these 49ers were, and the Titans were 18th. And I told you during the game when we were watching the AFC Championship They never game, got any pressure. I said they couldn't get enough pressure. They didn't, they didn't have at least one guy yep. on that defensive line, even if you rushed three or four, that could put some type of heat on him. The 49ers, they got like seven. And that was one of the main questions going into Super Bowl 42 with the Giants. Can the Giants get any sort of pressure on Brady? Can the 49ers get sort any sort of pressure on Mahomes? Because if not, it's going to be a long day for the 49ers. I want to take a quick break. When we come back, we're sticking with the 49 we're sticking with the Super Bowl preview. One week has changed has changed. It's been since I asked Ted this question. Which team or who is scarier going into Super Bowl Sunday? Is it the 49ers or the Chiefs? Also, we just talked a little about it. Can the 49ers win without throwing the football? And who's the most important non-quarterback for the Chiefs and 49ers? And then ultimately, we got to make our predictions. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. We are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. If you didn't get the chance to check out our first part, we're talking Super Bowl 54. We are streaming on Spotify, YouTube, and as well as Facebook. You can follow us, Keys to the City, Twitter, and Instagram. Keys to the City. Thank you, everyone, who has tuned in. Put your comment in. Interesting. Yes, please. Give us your, your score, winner, and MVP of the Super Bowl. You're going to get ours in a, in a soon, so we're going to see who's walking away. In Miami, a soon. In a soon. <laughs> I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I am excited for the Super Bowl. I, it's been it's been a rough week for me in general, but I'm very excited for this football game because this is a game that I truly believe is an up for debate game. I, this is 50-50. There is you could pick the 49ers or you could pick the Chiefs. And there's great reasons for each team. There's many reasons why you can pick each of the teams to win this game. Now, before we move on, I just want to say, and I want to reiterate what you just said. For me, this is probably the most interesting Super Bowl I have been excited for since the Giants were in the Super Bowl. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously. And then you say, well, Ted. I was interested with the Seattle and Patriots game. I was very intrigued. But I was also intrigued with Denver against Seattle because you had the unknown of this. Oh, and well, plus. Well, it I was think an, that had the intrigue because it was at Giants Stadium. Plus, it was an AFC West versus an FC West team, just like this game. But I was so intrigued from those matchups because of the factor of you had that great offense and then you had the great defense. The unknown of the of, I just think, of this of the Seattle Seahawks against the great Peyton Manning. You have the unknown of the great Seattle Seahawks defense against the great Patrick Mahomes. So that's why, and we were just talking about it and discussing it. And I just think when when you have the, in the sports world, you always want to see the best in the championship games. Like in basketball, you always sometimes we feel like we, or in, even in college basketball with March Madness, you always feel like we don't get the best matchups when it comes to this. And we really are. 
It, we, you know, we are a little naive to think that these are not and haven't been the two best teams all season. The Chiefs were the best team in the AFC for the most part. We were looking for an excuse not to put them there. Ah, their defense isn't good enough. Ah, Patrick Mahomes is injury. But really, this team should have been here, and this is where we thought they were. And the 49ers, this is a little unexpected, but when they ran off and had nine straight wins and then and then had the season they had and and everything that they've done defensively, historically, they led the league in, in pass to defense. See, yeah, to see just just a, the way it, both teams have gotten here. And I just the only thing I would want to say to everyone is I know people are excited. I know we're both excited. I know millions of fans are excited. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves because this is a game that could go either way. This is a game. There's three pos there's there's it could be a blowout. I mean, because of the 49ers, the way they've been able to do it this postseason, and that's how I want to get into it, is coming back from break, is the 49ers. And it's one of the most debated questions that we've watched for this past, past two weeks. And it's been evident because of the factor of what I just said earlier. Jimmy G's stats in these postseasons. It's probably a game. It's game. It's a one-game stat if you really wanted to. It's 17-27, 208 yards, one touchdown, one pick. It's one of the big questions, and people want to know. And you made the point earlier. Can the 49ers win without throwing the football? My answer is yes. <laughs> yes. They've proven it. it, 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 it that, they're, that's they're, why when people ask that question, when people ask that question, have you seen what they've done the past couple of weeks? And have you seen what they've done this season? When Jimmy G, Jim, and you just said it, Ted, they don't need Jimmy G to throw for 400 yards and win. They can run the football down your throat and destroy you for the entire game and tire you out. Just ask the, just ask the Packers. Just ask the Vikings. And those two teams were much better teams. I'm sorry. No insult to anything else, but they were much better teams than the Texans and the Titans were. Well, not even well, that. It's just no way. It's, it's, it's just exactly that. They dominated two teams that were much better than those two other teams. I'm sorry. The Texans were fool's gold, okay? They shouldn't have even won their wild card game. It should have been the Bills, okay? And the Titans got on a historical, magical run and went into New England, which doesn't ever happen, and won. Then they went in and beat Baltimore. It should have probably been Baltimore or Kansas City, but it wasn't. The Titans deserve it, and they won it because they were the better team that day. And that's all you have to be do. All you have to be is great that day. <laughs> but to think about it, the Vikings, we were talking about them all year. They were one of my predict one of my teams that I had in the playoffs. The Packers, we knew they were going to break. They had Aaron Rodgers. We were just wondering if they were going to be healthy enough and good enough. They proved that their defense. They were both teams could have been number one seeds. That's how good they were. They were 12-win teams. The Titans and the Texans were lucky to both be in the playoffs. That's so, no, the, the, the Chiefs' road to the Super Bowl has been easier. And, yeah, but the, the, way, they, the way they've... No, they, no, no. And, it's been easier for the teams they face, but they've been down in both games. You look at the, also, the 49ers, they have dominated... Two, listen, the Vikings' defense is no slouch. Yeah. They're a top-five defense, the defense, and they was crushed good too. them, and it could have been a lot worse. And the Packers' defense was good, too. Really good. They were. And they ran all over them. And listen, why throw the ball when you're averaging six and a half yards a carry? Excuse me, every two plays, first down, and, because, and you're controlling the clock. And because I just said it, because everybody wants to see the Patrick Mahomes highlight. And, and that's the problem with our generation and how people have to view things now is the factor of, oh, if he doesn't throw for 400 yards, well, then he's not a good quarterback. Okay, 
Name me another Patrick Mahomes in the history. And I just said this in a previous, and for people that didn't see it, name me another Patrick Mahomes in the More history. More quarterbacks are Jimmy G than they're Patrick Mahomes. Name me a, pa a Patrick Mahomes in the history of the NFL. You can't. You can't. If you try, good luck, because you can't. We haven't seen this. We've talked about it for the past two years. We haven't seen it. So for everybody that wants to say, oh, well, Jimmy G doesn't throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns and no picks, I'm sorry. Not many people do that all the time. When you're running the football, you don't have to, and, and you're dominating the tempo of the game, controlling the time, controlling the off defense of lines, tiring those defensive lines, the defenses in general. When they're doing that, Jimmy, D, Jimmy G doesn't need to throw 30, 40 times a game. He just doesn't. So if he does throw for less than 10 times again in this game and they're winning, what are we going to say? Oh, well, he's not a good quarterback. He's still a good quarterback. His numbers, for all the people that love the numbers nowadays, go look at his numbers. His numbers prove, other, prove that he's a good quarterback, a franchise quarterback. They're franchise quarterback numbers. So what else do we have to say? What else do you have to make an excuse for? They have to win because of Jimmy G? No. They've won comfortably in these two games against the NFC North by running the football, controlling the time, and wear and tear on the defense. And Jimmy G has had to do, has had no impact on either one of the games. And that's fine. But I do believe but he's though, still if the 49ers are going to have to win, if they are going to win this game, yes. he is going to have to have more of an impact than he has in the two games. I, I know, but Ted, you did just say, you did, no, you did just say, say though. Obvious. You did just say they have maybe the better team overall. I think so. But the Chiefs have the best player in this game and Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs need Patrick Mahomes to do more than the 49ers need Jimmy G to do. Oh, I thought you were going to say. Oh, no, no. Oh, you, I did. you solidified my. Uh, okay. We, we, we've, listen, I thought you were going to we, say. We, we, we've, we've been talking about this all week. We've been trying to talk about with the preview and how we're going to really set this. Because there is so many storylines. We haven't talked about that these two teams played week three last year. And this is the game that Jimmy G. This is G the Jimmy G injury game. This is the reason why they have Nick Boza. Okay? We didn't talk about in the offseason when the Chiefs traded D4 to the 49ers for a third-round pick. And now D4 is facing his former team, the same guy that cost his team a chance to be in the Super Bowl last year. We haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about the two best tight ends in football, the two best tight ends in football that both had 1,000 yards receiving, which has never been a matchup in the Super Bowl where two tight ends have Also, been. you got two teams for the first time in Super Bowl history that have averaged 30 points a game. 30 points a game. Both the 49ers and the Chiefs. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. For the whole week, you think about what's happened this entire week. And for the right reasons, of course. This has really been the second biggest story. It's in the second biggest story, but like I just added to it, there's so many good things about this game and so many things that got me intrigued and interested in. And it's because you got the, the superstar, Patrick Mahomes. You got possibly the new face of the league, Patrick Mahomes. You have the you best formula right now. You have the best player. You have the best team. You have two great coaches. You have superstars. You have, you have uh, personalities in Richard Sherman, George Kittle. Oh, yeah, George I mean, you just Travis Kelsey. I mean, you got and then you, think you have speed demons. You got you probably have an Olympic speed team with the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. And what and what's not. Um, short change the 49ers, their running backs in Mozart and, Bre uh, and Bre Matt Breida are 
fast. Do you know Matt Breida had actually the fastest time of any player in the NFL this year on that run against the Browns at 22 miles an hour? Faster than Hardman, faster than Tyreek Hill. You have Tyreek Hill, who we think and believe is the fastest. He is man the fastest in player in the game. I don't care what anybody says. That man is a cheetah for a reason. That man can fly. I'd love to see him race a cheetah because I think he could be. So you, re- I mean, you really have the best. Of- you have everything. I mean, what's not to look forward to this game? I mean, for goodness sake. And it's in Miami. And, and for goodness sake, if everybody that wants to complain about because the halftime show, there's nothing to complain about the halftime show either because you have Shakira and J-Lo on, uh, in the halftime show. Demi Lovato is going to be singing the national What anthem. more can you ask for in this Super Bowl? You're in Miami, beautiful Miami. You have the superstar Patrick Mahomes. You have two fa- great teams, two of the probably the two best teams in the entire se- throughout this entire season. You have an incredible halftime show that most people are going to be very well tuned into. I can't wait to see it. And it's just everything that's shaped up. You have a coach that can win his, uh, uh, his first Super Bowl. Both coaches, I should say. But one that could cement his legacy. There are so many good things to say about this Super Bowl. It's just... It's sad that it's coming to an end. The NFL season's coming to an end, though. I hate the feeling of knowing, and I know everybody wants to say, oh, the XFL's coming. I get that. But when football ends, it's sad. Because then we're talking about everything but football. Not because of that, because both of us, for people that don't know us, we love football. Trevor, who doesn't know us that's watching the show? It's our favorite there's probably people. We're listen. We're, we're obsessed about sports. Okay, we're I'm obsessed sorry. with sports, but football is our main sport. And to see that the NFL is coming to an end this Sunday, can I give you a NFL? Story? I should say it's 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 unfortunate. Let me give you. I'll give you a quick story. So, at one point or another, dating a girlfriend, I had told a girlfriend that somebody said, "Well, what if you had a child on Super Bowl?" I said, "Are the Giants playing?" She goes. Let's just say they are. I said, well, then the TV's going to be on. She's like, are you kidding me? I was like, no. If the Giants are in the Super Bowl and my son's being bored, the TV will be on. It'll be on mute or on low volume, but it'll be on. And, and, and like she couldn't believe that, but I'm like, that's Ted's already po- predicting the future. He's going to have a son. He's going to have a son. But that's, that's You don't want to be a girl dad? You don't have a girl? Come can I, on. Can I have both? Of course. But, you uh, can. But that's the obsessiveness that I have for football and sports. Yep. It, listen, football is my life. I love sports to a fault. Yeah. It maybe has hurt me in my career because I love sports so much that I well, have Well, hey, guess what? You got if you love doing what you do and that's what we do. We love talking sports and we love sports. It's it's our life other than friends, family and our relationships. For sports is right there. No beach? <laughs> beach is up there too. Imagine being in Miami right now. Be it would be it's like I said it's been I mean, what more can you ask for so the Super Bowl? So let's get on to that but, question you were going to ask. And I was going to ask you and we just talked about Jimmy G and why everybody has been criticizing him for the past two weeks and throughout this entire season, actually. I wanted to, I asked a question a week ago when we first kind of brought this after the championship games. We did a show last week and I asked the question to Ted and he kind of had no response. Kind of, kind of was froze for a few and had to think of it. Well, I'm bringing it up again. A week later, a little over a week. And I'm going to ask him the same question to see if his mind has changed. Who is the scarier team going in to Super Bowl 54? It's the same. It's literally the same. Um, he doesn't know what to say. I don't. I, I think the scarier team and I'll, uh, is going to be the 49ers. 
because I don't care what you have on offense. I don't care how fast your wide receivers are. I don't care how fast your running back is. I don't care how dynamic your quarterback is. That's great. You know, but if you can't block the four pass rushers, it doesn't matter who you have, bro. Just ask, just ask Tom Brady if you don't want to believe it, that. Listen, I'll put it this way. It's like a car. It looks beautiful on the outside. It's got all the electronics. It's got the DVD. It's got heated seats. It's got corn. What kind of car do you got? <laughs> it's got everything, but the engine stinks. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a poor... It's garbage. Yeah. And your car is not reliable. If your offensive line is not good enough to block your four guys, it's over. It is over. It ends right there because you can't run the football. All right. So, well, don't worry, Ted. We can pass the ball. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest thing since sliced bread. All right. Tom Brady was the greatest thing in well, 2007, too. Well, guess what? They'll put pressure on him, and then he's going to have to force throws, and then you're going to have the number one pass defense. And they run zone defense, which means their eyes are on the backfield. They're not in man coverage. Their eyes are not, they're no, not yeah. running away from where Patrick Mahomes can take advantage of that. See, see, if you understand the game of football, it all starts in the trenches. And, you know, in high school and other things, and I used to say I didn't agree with it, I still think having dynamic players is important. But when you get to this elite level, you, they all talk about this all the time. Other than the quarterback position, the two most important positions is the left tackle and the pass rusher. And I say the left tackle because the majority of the quarterbacks are right-handed quarterbacks, yeah. and that's the blind no, side. No, there's, there's not a lefty so, co- and, starting quarterback. And here's the thing. This Kansas City offense line is pretty good, but it's not great, okay? They have backups that are at the starting positions. Steve Winooski is their left guard. He is a backup, filling in for a guy. Their Kansas City Chiefs lost their Pro Bowl center lasher, Mitch Morris, who signed with the Buffalo Bills this offseason. They don't have the same – Cam Irvin, who got cut, was a first-round draft pick out of Florida State, who got cut, yep. signed to the Chiefs this offseason. These are guys that are starting on the offensive line, and they're going to be going against the most fearsome – Are they the best – are they the best – the best <laughs> I want chicken. <laughs> I want Chick-fil-A. Are they the best front four in the league? Absolutely. Okay. Without a question doubt, because of the, the complete package of everything. D4, the, the speed rusher, elite speed rusher. Dick Boza, maybe the complete pass rusher. Then you have two, I was going to say twin towers, but you have two guys that are both 6'7", 209, with you could call not it, only I mean, they can play the run mm-hmm. great, but can also pass rush and to be and not and to be able to not even have to take those guys out i mean they got backups too as well i mean solomon thomas is one of the names that come up because he's he's first team slash second team on that team and he could be a first team on maybe majority of the teams in the league it's just saying the depth sheldon i mean it's the depth and this is the perfect example and i can really relate this to the giants team because the giants had that same type of formula in the sense of the defense with with tuck O.C., Kiwanuka, even the linebackers, Kavika Mitchell, um, Antonio Pierce. They were just so deep, and that's what made the Giants so great and so dangerous, and that's what makes the 49ers so dangerous. And and, and I'm not getting it because I wanted to ask you because I asked, I asked you this a week ago, and, 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 I think you st- and, and I think you said the 49ers too, so I don't think your mind has my changed. My mind really hasn't changed. I've been trying to look for another reason, but then, you know, I look back at the games, and I just look at, like, the Carolina – um, and Denver game. And, like, just look what Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware did. Like, when you have two elite pass rushers, they can ruin your time as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, listen, if if Travis Kelsey has to stay in to block or they have to change their concepts up, that is going to affect the Kansas City offense. Obvious, right? Mm-hmm. 
And that's because of the pass rush. So if you have to help on the left side with Nick Boza, because he's going to be matched up against Fisher, mm-hmm. the left tackle, because uh, Schwartz, Mitchell Schwartz, is going to be the right tackle. He'll face D Ford. So that should be an even matchup. So is that your most... Is that the matchup? Yes, it, absolutely. That's it? Is, for, that, is that the ball game right there? Absolutely. Be, and you look at I me, mean, just look at the Green Bay game. Aaron Rodgers in the two games against the 49ers this year looked like garbage. Yeah. And he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And, and and people are like, well, he, Mahomes is dynamic. He's He can run. He can move. But so can Aaron Rodgers. He's not as athletic. But if it doesn't matter. These guys are faster. They are bigger. They are quicker. And they also have athletic linebackers that can run sideline on the sideline. And they have the number one secondary. And a lot of that has to do with their pass rush. They gave up less than 200 yards of passing. I mean, in a game that where football is all about 300-yard passers, they gave up less than 180 yards pass in a game. And that's the thing. For, for past Super Bowl matchups, for everybody that wants to say that offensive lines don't matter, I mean, because they have mo- you could have mobile quarterbacks and you'll be fine. I mean, the perfect example, if you want to play that game as well, if you want to play that card, is Super Bowl 50. Like Ted just said, with the Broncos against the Panthers. The Broncos, they had no respect going into that game. There, there was no reason for them to show up, according to all the people. And Von Miller, DeMarcus Weir, they got after them. And even the first, I don't know if it was the first drive or not, but the strip sack picked up, fumble, touchdown. It changed just like that. It changed the whole game, and it put Cam Newton in a predicament that he has not been in in the entire year that that specific year he did not was not put in a position or predicament like that being pressured like that he always had protection and for anybody that wants to say oh well you don't need an offensive line to succeed because there are some that say that which sounds ludicrous there's an example of that they don't have to be great but but Patrick they they don't have to be great but Ted you just said it you literally just said it with your stats Patrick Mahomes hasn't faced a defensive line like this maybe in the entire season. I mean, they played the Patriots, which is a great defense. Don't get me wrong. They but played, they don't have, they, the Patriots don't have the pass They rush. played the Ravens, which is a good defense, but at the time they were still trying to figure out who they were as a defense. May I stop you for two seconds? Go and, ahead. and I'm going to go with your point. So they played the Patriots, right? We know the Patriots are a great defense. They're a great team defense, but they don't have elite pass rushers like the 49ers have. Then we talk about Baltimore. Baltimore blitzes at almost 50% of the right time to create pressure because they don't have the elite passers. So what does that mean? That means that they don't have they don't have the guys in the back to cover these guys. That means they're playing more man coverage. That means it's more four on four, five on four. Now, with the 49ers, they can rush four, drop seven, and play coverage, keep their eyes open, and float. And that's what worked for them. The more guys you can drop back in coverage to help defend these elite receivers – Mm-hmm. the better chance you are going to be successful. But the more pressure you have to bring because of the blitz gives up your defenders, which means you don't have a guy to double Kelsey. You don't have a guy to double Tyreek Hill because they can do things like that. This is what the 49ers can do. No, you're right. 100%. And I, like, we watched the AFC Championship game. And when the Titans wanted to rush three, and they had great coverage, but you can't give you Mahomes five seconds. No, you and can't. He's give, not going to have five seconds. You can't give any defense. great quarterback time like that. When you give a quarterback time like that, they'll pick you apart. I don't care how great your secondary is. Receivers find ways to get open. It becomes seven on seven. But if you're getting pressure on them, it doesn't mean you have to get a hundred sacks. If you're just hitting them, knocking them to the ground, making them 
it uncomfortable throughout that game, under duress throughout that game. You're doing your job. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's going to be a long, tough day for I don't care how great of a quarterback you are, Patrick Mahomes, in this case, it doesn't matter. It's inevitable. When you have a great defensive line, they get after the quarterback, mobile or not, it's going to be a long 60 minutes for that quarterback. Just ask Tom Brady and just ask Cam Newton if you want to go into the mobile, a dual threat part. Okay? If you want to. Because I know there are people in the world that think offensive lines don't matter. And shame on them for thinking that because you're, you're, you just sound ludicrous. <laughs> like we said in this game, there's, been, there's so many great players in this game. And we know great quarterbacks. You got Mahomes, you got Jimmy G. But there's so much, there's, there's, there's a plethora of great talent in this game. But I wanted to ask Ted, and, I wanna, and I'm going to make this as well. To us, who is the most non-quarterback, most important player? I'll first start with the Chiefs, and then I'll go to the 49ers. Ted, I'll ask you first. We'll both do the Chiefs and then the 49ers. For you, for Kansas City, who is the most important non-quarterback player? On the Chiefs. Chris Jones, defensive tackle for the Kansas City. <laughs> that's, yeah. fu- that's funny you said that. Why? You agree. You I, say the same I, thing. I have, I have him, me personally, because of the factor of how dangerous and dynamic that running game is. I would say him, and then the other guy would be Sorensen. Because now that Thornhill, the safety who tore his ACL in the last Big game loss. of the season against the Chargers, which was their floater, which was their deep safety, because now what they were able to do early, later in the season, which made them very successful, they brought Tyron Matthew up in the box, which gave help in the running game. Mm-hmm. He's also able to float, you know, play against the run, the pass, the tight ends. And I think Tyron Matthew is going to be a major factor in this game. And I'm not discounting him. But Chris Jones is a pro Bowl player waiting to get paid big money, Okay. He was hurt before the AFC Championship game. He played in the AFC Championship game, but he didn't play the yeah. full amount of snaps. No. See, what, Ty- what Spags was able to do with Chris Jones in the AFC Championship game was the Titans were very predictable, okay? They're a base offense, two, set, two receivers, one tight end, two running backs. When Derrick Henry was in, they were a predominant run-first run team. So they knew they would take Chris Jones out, and put Pinnell in, their other D-tackle, the run stopper, to play against the run on first and second down. Now on third down, when Derrick Henry would come out and Deion Lewis would come in, passing down. you bring Chris Jones in, who you could stop the run to, is a very, but was more of a pass rushing effect to their team. He's one of the best interior D-linemen in the game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Top, top three, I would say. I, right now, I, he's, he's put himself agree. in that yeah, category. I would agree. At least top five, maybe top three. I would agree. When you look at this 49ers offense... They don't do that. They don't do where, okay, Derrick Henry's in and they're going to take him out to pass him down. They're a basic 21 personnel. Now, people probably don't know what I'm talking about. So what that means is two back, one tight end. And then we're usually two wide receivers. So that means Kittle's the tight end, which is like an extra, bo- an extra tackle on the offensive line. Yeah. You check the fullback, which... Mm-hmm. One of the better fullback. I mean, he the Harvard he's, he's he's the best fullback in the game because well, NFL teams don't use fullbacks right. anymore. And he's a dynamic piece because they can use him as a blocking fullback. Use him in the passing in game. The passing game, and yeah. he's a mismatch mm-hmm. for a lot of linebackers on their secondary guys. So you don't know when they're going to be running or they're going to be p- passing. Now I had a stat, and I'm not. I'll use the stat, but I won't read the reference. 
71 percent of the times the 49ers use motion on their plays and that's what sets up their offense that's what allows them to have the advantages in the running game where they will motion Kittle over then they'll motion you check over and they'll create mismatches on against the defense the problem is the Chiefs against motion this year were the worst defense against motion when teams ran the football. So Chris Jones now, now he has two weeks, and he's not going to be at 100%, and most guys are He hasn't been at 100%. But he's going to have to play much more on every down than he did against the AFC. Because if not, the 49ers will do what they did against the Packers and run for six and a half yards of carry, won't have to throw the ball, won't be predictable, Mm -hmm. and the game will be over faster than you can say Super Bowl. Because (laughs) if they control the clock and control the ball – it doesn't matter what Patrick Mahomes do does, he won't be able to he won't be able to catch up and win the football game. I agree with what you said. Chris Jones would be one of mine, but to me, you said his name, Tyron Matthew. I think the reason I say I say Tyron Matthew because he does everything for this Chiefs team. He's everywhere. He he's your utility guy. He's the version of Clemson's Isaiah Simmons, who is going to be coming into this upcoming draft and one of the best players in this upcoming draft. But Tyron Matthew, I mean, this guy's a great football player. He was a great football player in college. He's made, he made a big mistake. He learned from it. He's become a better person. But what he has done, and they, gave, they took a chance on him. They signed him to a big contract, a bigger contract than people most expected around the league. He's had injuries, but when he plays, he makes an impact on your defense. He can cover tight ends. He can cover the running backs. He can cover the fullback in this case. He can cover receivers. He can do everything. He can play in the box. He can play free safety. He can do anything you ask him to do. He's a great football player, and he's all around the field. He makes plays. That's why I think the matchup of him against Kittle, I could see him matching up with Kittle a lot. Do you? I can see that because Kittle is... When they throw the ball, that's Jimmy G. That's Jimmy that, G's go That will probably beat Sorensen because he'll be the bigger. T- and that's what, because that's what the Chiefs well, did last Kittle year. Is very, Sor- yeah, the Kittle's listen. athletic for his size. I know. That's why I want, I want to have my best defenders on but my best they playmakers. They Sorensen last year in the AFC Championship game against Gronk. He got killed. And he got started beating. So what they had, to killed. Do, so what they had to do was switch over and put Eric Berry on him, who was more of the free safety. And they lost that deep. That's why I'm saying safety. you have to put. I, I, to me. I want my best defensive players playing against, going against the best playmakers for the opposing team. That's that's exactly. If Kittle and Kittle is probably Jimmy G's favorite target, so you want Matthew all over the field with him. You want wherever he 85 goes, you want him there. Sorensen, you just said it. Why have Sorensen? He's had issues against Gronk. He's had issues in the past covering tight ends. So why not have Matthew? To me, if Tyron, for the Chiefs to be great on defense, Tyron Matthew has to be great because he's the one that gets the engine going defensively. And Chris Jones, I agree with you 100% on that. With the way they run the football and how well they do it, successful they run the football, Chris Jones has to be that dominant Chris Jones. He has to be that dominant interior lineman, plain and simple. I like that you picked that. That's why I laughed because that was going to be my option. And then I was like, you know what? Tyron Matthew has been... Has been amazing for the Chiefs. And this Chiefs team, we, we talked about their defense in the beginning. Yeah, they weren't good. They've been great since week 10 or so. They've been one of the best in the league. I giving mean, up oh, 15 and a half points a game. Okay, thank you. That's what I'm saying. Their defense has been great since week 10. And a big part of that is because of Tyron Matthews' greatness. For him to be, for that defense to be great, he needs to be great. Let's get over to the 49ers. 
Is it offensively or defensively? This is the thing that makes the 49ers so fascinating because there's so many. I mean, when you think of the Chiefs, you think the big names. But the 49ers, they got the big names on the defense. Offensively, there is all over. the. You could pick Emmanuel Sanders. George Kittle is the obvious one. I mean, uh, Mozart would be as well to you, who is non-quarterback. 49ers, who's the most impactful player? Debo Samuel. Debo. Debo, because... And the reason I didn't pick Emmanuel Sanders, I picked Debo because of what he can do. He's built like a running back. He runs like a running back, but he plays wide receiver. He's fast. And what we've seen with Kyle Shanahan is they like to use him in all types all over the field. They like to use him as an outside receiver. They like to use him in the slot. They like to use him in the running game. So his ability to make plays, to open things up, to stretch him, because we know the obvious. We know George Kittle. We know he, sh- he needs to have a really good game for the 49ers to be successful. That's obvious. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's obvious. You know, Amanda Sanders, I think he will bring that veteran presence and have a good game. But Debo Sambo is like an X factor. He's the guy that can do multiple things for them and I think if he can be a big factor and, and watch out for him as maybe an MVP if the 49ers win the game because you could see him having like two rushes for 15 yards and maybe five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown and that's a guy that could be a dynamic player yes you know I'm using him in the Tyree kill sense where they use him all over the field and that's the way I figure Kyle Shannon is going to use him so for him and because I know what this 49ers defense is going to do I'm going to take the offensive player, and I'm going to take a guy that could be an X-factor that could do multiple things for this offense. And he's added a different component that this team hasn't had, and that's why I take Debo Samuel. I like that. I do like that. For the 49ers, I'm going to say – Say it with conviction, baby. I say Richard Sherman. I think Richard Sherman has to be Richard Sherman. Like I just said with Tyron Matthew, I think Richard Sherman has to be great. He has to be Richard Sherman. Now, I don't know who he's going to be, whether it's Hardman, whether it's Kelsey, whether it's Tyreek Hill. He has to be great. For the 49ers defense, he's been here before. He's been a leader. He knows what he has to do to be great. He's all over the field, and not a lot of people throw. So is Mahomes going to take those chances against Richard Sherman? And you've seen in the past, he doesn't get thrown to a lot. But when he does, he makes plays, whether that's turnovers Batting balls down. He does what he has to do. He's all over the field when that ball's coming to him. 25, he's got the experience. He's got the leadership. He has to be that leader. He has to be that veteran presence on that young 49er defense. He's got to get the, because think about this. Both teams, this is new to them, especially this 49ers. And I could say the Chiefs because it's been 50 years since their last Super Bowl. <clears throat> but this is a young team. There's a lot of young players in this linebacking crew. There's a lot of young players on the defensive line. Richard Sherman has to be that leader and lead his men into battle. And I know he will have these guys ready. Richard Sherman's one of the better leaders in the league. But when they throw to him, most of the time it's unsuccessful. So wherever he's matching up with, whether it's Tyreek Hill, Hardman, or Travis Kelsey... 25 is going to be all over the place, and I expect him to make a play. I'm, I, I expect him to win. I expect him to have at least a pick. I think I could see him having at least one pick in this game. Yep, I said it. The great Patrick Mahomes is going to throw a pick, people. Oh, my God. It can't be. He doesn't throw picks. So let's close out our show with our predictions. We, like Ted said, we started 20 week, 21 weeks ago with this. The NFL 100th season. It's been an unbelievable year. 
A lot of ups in this season, a lot of highlights, a lot of big plays, a lot of great players that made great plays. But we are down to two teams, and the two best teams fighting for the richest prize in the NFL. Is Mahomes, is it the passing of the torch for Patrick Mahomes to lead the NFL for the next 10 to 15 years? Or is it going to be Jimmy G and the 49ers? Who is going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> and it's funny because, well, me and Ted, I, I was 0-2 on my Super Bowl predictions this year. If for anybody that thought, wants to know, I picked the Saints and, and Patriots. And a couple weeks ago, I picked the Ravens and Seahawks. I've been wrong on both. So you picked the Steelers and Saints. Did you pick another one? Was this the matchup you wanted? And I picked the Saints and Chiefs in the Super Bowl afterwards. <laughs> Once we re-evaluated. Re-evaluated the current playoffs, we were wrong. So I'm going to ask you. Oh, I was half right. Winner, score, and a Super Bowl MVP. Everyone I just said. 49ers are going to win. 31-28. 31-28. And the MVP is going to be Nick Boza. Wow, I love it. I love it. I don't know who to pick right now. This is a toss-up. And, and I want to say this. Go ahead. Speak your mind. I want both teams to win. I have no, I have no heart feel. I would love to see Patrick Mahomes feel. There's I think no dislike he, for he, either team. Here's my thing. I think it would be great for football. I think it would be great for the NFL if Patrick Mahomes wins. Could it be a bad, could it be a bad scenario it's, for it's, either team? I don't never, see it. I don't it's see never it. a bad thing. And I think it would give more credit to Jimmy G. I mean, and with my prediction, that means Andrew Reid's legacy. Is it a little tarnished now that he loses another Super Bowl? Does it hurt? You know, there's so many questions. And now, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm going to go with what I've been talking about. I've been talking about it for two weeks. I've been talking about defense with championships. I've been talking about on the show how defense can, you said, what is the scariest? Their Kansas City offense or the 49er defense? And I said the defense. So if I believe wholeheartedly that the defense is the most dominant thing, and it has the biggest factor, then I should choose the 49ers. And I'll say the 49ers. I'll say they win. It's going to be a great game. It should be a close game. And only hope. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And guess what? That's what's great about predictions. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers because I picked them as well. And the reason why I picked the 49ers is because I am, <laughs> I am a defensive guy. I'm a defensive end. I love defense. You know, the sad thing is I'm an offensive guy. I know. I should be picking the Chiefs. I know. I'm surprised. I'm actually stunned you didn't pick the Chiefs. And... The reason why I picked the 49ers is... Pop, Pops was a 49ers fan. Yes, he was. We have family. Trent is a 49ers fan, too. Trent Western. Trent. And Trent. Ashley's a husband, and my grand, late grandfather was a 49ers exactly. fan. Exactly. And Tommy Demoro's a fan. Yes, uh, Charlie Kelly. There's a bunch of 49ers fans we actually know, which is surprising. We're on the East Coast, but there's a lot. There's some 49ers fans. But the reason why I'm picking the 49ers is because I find this very similar to the Giants and Patriots. And I, I picked the Giants because, while well, I'm a Giant fan but I always felt like the defense was always going to make the plays. And I feel like the 49ers defense has been so dominant and has just taken TCB, taking care of business. And they've done that for the first, in this playoffs. And I think they're going to take care of business too. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I think they're going to win because of the defense. I got a score. I expect a high scoring game. I just don't see the Chiefs scoring under 30 points in this game. I expect it to be... You want to see close. You want to say, I'm going to go 34-31, San Francisco 49ers win. Robbie Gould with the game in the field? No, no, I don't, I don't see Gould. That'd be cool. MVP for me, I'm going to go with George Kittle. I'm going to go with George Kittle. 
I think George Kittle. I think they're going to throw. That would be great. I think they're going to come out and surprise people throwing the ball. I, th- I think they're going to come out and throw the ball. I think they should come out throwing the football. Set the tone in the but passing I th- game. Set the tone. You want to set the tone? Do what you've done best. Run the football and see if you can stop them. Because if they can't stop them, if they go right down yeah, the field. Yeah, but that's predictable. Be unpredictable. Set the tone of the passing game. Come predict- out. Pa- hey, it's been predictable in the NFC Championship in the divisional round. Guess what? The Vikings and the Packers had no answer and for I, it. So guess what? Predictability. Ma- it worked there. It worked again. And I'll make this comment. I bet you if Kyle Shannon ends up by more than seven points or ten points in the fourth quarter, he'll be running the football. Oh, he'll be running the football. He won't be you? passing the football. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is Super Bowl Fifty Four preview show. Keys to the city, baby. Keys to the city. Like I said, if you didn't get a chance to check out our show, we are streaming on YouTube and Spotify as well. Go ahead. And I was going to say, if anyone is still interested, we have brand new Keys to the City hoodies. They're updated. They're much better looking now. Yep. I know a bunch of people are wearing, uh, wearing them. Chucky Hotkits. Yeah, it's been, it's, been on, it's, it's been on display. If you want them, message us. Let us know if you want some. We'll be gladly to give away our merchandise. But like I said, everybody... Enjoy Super Bowl 54. One of the best days of the year. Not just for football fans, but for sports fans in general. It's a pod. I can't wait. I can't wait for this game. It's going to be great. Let's enjoy it because the NFL season is coming to an end Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. To the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.